Hello, I'm Livy, and welcome to my very first podcast with Livy. Each week, I sit down with my incredible guests to find out about their journey of growing their personal brands online, exploring their human design, some of the challenges and standout moments that define who they've become today. I've honestly loved sitting down with each guest and have learned so much. I leave each episode just feeling full of ideas, inspiration, and motivation. I really hope you enjoy listening to this first series. Here's a snippet of what's to come. Don't get carried away with perfectionism because that's going to control your creative process and it's going to like impact how much impact you can have. For me, it's really supporting women to see themselves, like really see themselves and really allow that you know, truth and expression to come through because that impacts you know, who we are in our business. There's a power in, I think, keeping things niche. Something that might seem really niche, especially in today's world, like that has the power often to cut through the noise. You know, if you can nurture a small community of people, you can make a very successful business. The number one is like you, like the real you. And the more like unfiltered and expressive and maybe even polarizing you are, like the better, because uh, you're not for everyone and you don't want to be, trust me. Having and running a business and a brand is the most powerful personal development program you could ever put yourself on because it shines the light on all your shadows. It was literally like alchemy. I was able to transform my shame into healing, into vulnerability, into sales. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Today I speak with Pandora Paloma. She's a 5-1 manifesting generator who's an author, a six-figure coach, and magnetism activator. She guides spirited visionaries to multi-dimensional wealth using strategy and spirituality. In this episode, we talk about Pandora's journey of building her brand from intuitive eating to now business coaching. We chat about how she manages her business as a manifesting generator and the importance and power of trusting your own timeline and building your brand together with the benefit of becoming really consistent in your business. We unpack some of the coaching industry narratives, hear from Pandora's unpopular beliefs in the industry and discuss the feeling of what it takes and what it's like to have a business as a mum and grow your personal brand. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here with me. Ah, oh, such a pleasure. It's nice being interviewed, actually. On this side of it. Yeah, amazing. So um, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners? Uh, let us know who you are and um, what you do. Yay. Um, Pandora Paloma is my name. And um, I like to call myself a magnetism activator. I'm actually a business coach, um, but I like to sprinkle magnetism um, onto everything that I do and, and the way that I work. Ultimately, for me, magnetism is bridging that gap between who we present as to the world and who we truly are. Um, so really allowing that kind of uniqueness and expression and you know, self-belief and confidence to come through in our work. Um, and I sort of fuse that with spirituality meets strategy so my former career in communications means that I love words and I love you know supporting women to kind of really allow their voice to be to be to be heard in the world um and you know marketing um messaging strategy is kind of you know really what I understand and love but that spirituality piece you know so really like who am I activating magnetism and I find that it's it's ultimately what you consider a balance of the masculine and feminine um which you know I believe that we you know get to lean into both areas um in business and in life so yeah that's me amazing and then do you want to share anything you know about your human design or astrology that might paint a picture for the listeners as to who who you are Yes, I'm a manifesting generator. <laughs> I remember the first time that I really sort of that landed and I was like, oh, I can't tell you how many people said to me, how do you get so much done? How, you're always launching, always. And I'm like, am, am, I? am I? Am I? Do I? Am I working too hard or something? And then it sort of just like the penny drops. I was like, oh, this is just me. I'm literally like a Duracell bunny. I've got so much energy until I'm done. And then I'm like, and I'm done. <laughs> Um, so it made a lot of sense I'm also a double Leo so there's a lot of lioness energy um, in me 
um, that's definitely evolved, I think, as I went from kind of maiden to mother um, to use archetypes as a, as, a, as a kind of overview. But yeah, um, I've definitely softened as I've got older, but there's definitely that sort of lioness energy to me. So amazing. I love that. Yeah, just like when you first discover what it means to be an MG and then all of a sudden your life makes sense. <laughs> like, yeah, it kind of puts, the, I guess, what you've been through and what you are going through into uh, perspective a little bit of like why you are the way that you are and um, maybe gives you permission to even lean into that side of you more, you know? Totally. I remember the first, it was you did my first ever human design reading and it was you said something about it, like it really gives you permission and there is a softening I think that happens and you're like oh that's just that's just who I am it's, it's just what I'm here for you know and you know it just it is it's a permission to find even more of that truth and I think ultimately when I talk about kind of finding your truth that's only one part of it you know really the the and I don't want to use the term work because ultimately it's love for yourself but it's accepting that truth you know, this is, this is who I am. This is how I feel. This is my, you know, energetic blueprint. Oh, okay. Right. I've just got set that now, you know? Yes. Yeah. I always think like the ultimate goal with human design is just love. Essentially. It's like self-acceptance and, and love and compassion for ourselves and for others. And yeah. um, so, yeah, as much as it can help in all of these different areas, like that for me, is just like what it comes down to. And if we can harness more of that in the world, then all the better. You know, I've been planning something um, called the Shamanic Women Masterclass. And I was thinking about the term like namaste, like the light within me sees the light within you, which is, you know, was a yogic tradition. And was thinking about some so I really want to be teaching you know there's no secret code outside of yourself it's all within you but ultimately the light within me can only see the light within you when I am seeing my light first Mm. because to be able to see yours I've got to be an acceptance of mine so that I don't bring any wounded aspect of myself that's like well I see your light but maybe it's better than my light and do you know what I mean it's like you really get to be and that comes down to love love for ourselves and acceptance for ourselves and that enables us to love and accept others Mm, so true I I was kind of thinking back to a time where at the beginning um of like growing my brand I was very much in like comparison mode and um would often be I don't know if the word is like triggered but um I'd find it hard to like celebrate other people in a way um and yeah kind of went on a journey with that of like um I don't know I guess you sort of go inwards and find your truth and find the love for yourself and then yeah it's able to just pour out of you and um now I just yeah fully there for the celebration for all of those around you even you know those who are um well just everyone (laughs) um but it definitely wasn't there at the beginning like that um yeah I think over time there's a trusting of the timeline you know, I've had clients who have surpassed, you know, me revenue wise. And it was like, oh, oh, this feels interesting to witness. And now like that, you know, I just I'm so there to walk beside people. I don't see anyone as doing more or less or being more successful. It's just everyone has a different timeline. I see it within my own clients. You know, some people have what looks like is going to be like, oh, my God, you're going to expand. Like Everything's in place. And then I've got people who are, you know, sort of in different stages and there's so much more backend stuff that needs, you know, to be kind of tweaked and worked through that just absolutely saw, you know, and like hit six figures super quickly. And you're like, oh, wow, okay. You know, everyone's got a different timeline. And I think, you know, just really trusting in that is such a powerful way to be. Mm, Yeah, because you hear a lot of like in the industry about like people kind of quantum leaping and, um, I, I feel like that expression is maybe overused a little bit or like collapsing time. I think I've seen that lots as well. Um, and I'd love to know like what you think of the, the elements that work towards people. Um, yeah, moving quickly, uh, I guess, comparatively, perhaps, um, even though everyone is on their own sort of timeline, I feel as though that maybe there are core elements in place when it comes to uh, whether 
it be strategy or like your own magnetism like what do you think those things are yeah it's such a good question I I definitely think that I definitely know that you know prior to starting your business whatever you've done before that is going to impact how you know potentially impact how quickly you reach certain milestones in your business for example I'm a marketer yeah it was really easy for me to create content to you know understand lead magnets and you know my audience because I'd done it for such a long time you know it's very very natural to me if you haven't had if you haven't you know if you don't have that skill um, it's going to take you a little bit longer to build that knowledge. You know, we become masters of things when we choose to become masters of them. And again, that's the timeline, right? Mm. But I also think, for example, I could compare my the length of my business to, you know, my coach, for example, who's a seven-figure coach. I, mean, like, I didn't get there. But also, I know that at the beginning of my business, I was like trying a bit of this and trying a bit of this and trying a bit of this. Whereas, you know, she had like one solid plan. That's what she was going to do. So it was maybe easier for her to build it because she was really solid in that strategy. Mm-hmm. Whereas I, at the time, really felt like my strategy was to be kind of re- exploring things. And so the first couple of years, I really allowed myself to do that, you know, and I, I met levels of success. I said that in quotation marks, but it just looked different. Mm-hmm. So the one thing that ultimately will create the, again, quotation mark quantum leap is the consistency of what you're doing. You know, it's, it's being very consistent. Even when I shifted from intuitive eating and living into business, you know, I was very consistent up to a point in intuitive eating and living. And then once my, once I'd launched my book, I knew that it was my time to pivot. And then I became very consistent in that, but I've always been consistent you know, the quantum leap comes from the compound effect. It's not picking up and dropping your business every other week. It's being consistent in being in it and on it, you know, all of the time. Mm. I I truly believe creates, you know, the the quantum leap, regardless of what timeline that gets to be on, you know, a quantum, a quantum leap could be over the course of a year. You know, I just had a client who went from earning 35,000 to 125,000, I would consider that a quantum bloody leap. Like yeah. in a year, you've almost quadrupled your income. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. You know, and so, yeah, you know, I think sometimes I look back and think, well, that in itself was the quantum leap. But at the time, maybe I was in my not enoughness, like it should be more, you know, it's like, well, actually, that was pretty epic. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I think that's such a good point to make as well. It's just like, in a world that sort of like is often celebrating you know getting there quicker and faster and more that actually um to take the time to acknowledge where we are at currently and all that we have already achieved um because there's so much to say for that and sit in that and marinate in that when um there's probably still a part of us inside that's just wants more you know and is ready for more and um yeah so consistency yeah it's such a a a good point I think um just like keep on sort of coming back to that and how do you create consistency or how do you work with the energy of consistency in your business I I like to think about and it sort of lends itself nicely to what we were just speaking about but sort of seasons of business um you know the season of my business when I was on maternity leave I didn't take a huge amount of maternity leave three months Um, And then I was sort of very slowly, slowly starting to work after that. But that season of my business was not a season of massive growth. You know, it was a season of just being where I was at. And, you know, I was still consistent. You know, I still was showing up and I was still creating content and speaking to my audience. But I wasn't selling every other month or, you know, creating some big, big vision plan or strategy for next year. So, I think that's sort of, you know, really tuning into seasons of business. Like, what does this year get to look like for me? Sometimes years are about grounding and foundation in order for you to kind of see big results the next year. But it's the consistency of the grounding and building the foundations, right, that, you know, enables the consistency um, the year after. And that's something for me, you know, I, I am a very consistent person because I'm very devoted to what I do. 
Um, I find that what allows me to be consistent is my boundaries, you know, and, and I fill myself up before I fill others. So I'm very tight on my morning routine. I'm very tight on my working schedule. You know, my clients know when I'm available, when I'm not. And it means that because I'm so boundaried, in a sense, I can, I almost feel more flexible. You know, it's like, I know when I'm working, I know when I'm with my daughter, I know when I'm with my partner, I know when it's me time. And I'm very boundaried around that, but ultimately it doesn't look, it doesn't look like that from the outside, mm. um, but it means that I feel all of my, I, I fulfill all of my needs through being that way. And I was just thinking about when you were sort of saying at the beginning of your business, when you were um, exploring and there were different, you know, I guess things that you were focusing on, it reminds me very much of that manifesting generator energy of just like, you know, uh, fingering lots of different pies and, and maybe not necessarily wanting to, I see this so much with MG clients, like not wanting to niche, niche down. And there's so much resistance around that because the way that we move energetically is just by having many different interests or perhaps doing one thing for a long time and then just being very clear that it's like time to sort of pivot um and yeah I'd love to sort of do you think back then it was um like what did it feel like was it an exploration um and how easy did you find it to niche down? And what would you say to people in particular MGs who are feeling that resistance with the word niching and um, yeah, just uh, perhaps struggling to focus on, on one thing and are very multi-passionate and um, because I know as a projector, I just, I just, I feel as though I don't have that problem. Like I've always wanted to, you know, my interests sort of like might change, but I'm like very focused on, um, you know like the one thing and my energy is very devoted to that thing so I'd love to hear um yeah your wisdom on this and your experience yeah I suppose in the beginning it definitely was a well I want to do nutrition and I want to do yoga and I want to do food delivery and I want to do you know so I really did like the whole spectrum of all the things that were just feeling really alive for me I think as I I know as I've grown so when I went into kind of intuitive eating that quickly became kind of intuitive eating and living because I identified that it was never about the food. It was always about our life and our fulfillment and, you know, living our purpose and relationships and all of those things. But almost, you know, I was able to kind of create quite a dynamic offering by doing sort of one-off masterclasses and then longer term programs and collaborations with people. So it all felt very kind of interesting and, you know, creative. Yeah. I suppose now the way that I, the way that I support and nurture my MG design, but still am consistent in my business, create consistency in my businesses. You know, now I have kind of three masterminds for various levels of business that we're constantly, every single time we'll tweak it, we'll make it better, or we'll, you know, we'll fix something that could have been better. And that in itself kind of enables me to keep that energy going. And also because whilst I retain, I do retain clients. So we have people that kind of roll in those masterminds. Um, you know, there's always fresh energy that comes in and that in itself is the thing that feeds my, you know, creative need. And because that's a very, you know, something that we've introduced this year, but because that's a very solid business model, um, it gives me so much other time to be like, I want to do the thing. I won't do the thing, <laughs> you know, very often I'll like get into the, the office and leave my assistant and voice note and I'm like, don't hate me, but I want to do this thing. Do you think we could get it out by today? You know, like it, because the business model is really, you know, solid, it frees up a lot of space for me to, you know, do the things that just feel really alive in that moment. And I'm always strategic with where that's, you know, guiding people to, um, so it's almost like in having the framework, I've given myself so much space to really, you know, ignite that MG energy. Um, and that's worked very well for me. So I don't sort of go off and do something totally new. I'm just almost allowing my offer and my, the way that I coach to evolve as I evolve as well. Yeah. I think it being fluid, but there's that consistency within it and yeah. the diversity as well within the offerings and yeah. levels of, I guess entrepreneur that you speak to and 
Um, yeah, amazing. And so will you take us back a little bit and um, sort of tell us the story of how your brand has grown um, and perhaps share with us three defining moments in, in building your personal brand? Yes. Well, I'm going to start with the one that we were speaking about kind of behind the scenes. So um, we had a session talking about kind of sales in particular and messaging um, based on my design. And what came through was sort of this real storytelling piece. And I remember saying to you, like, something like I remember when I first came across shamanism. And you were like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And so I did. And, you know, I've got the book right here. But um the first time I came across shamanism was uh, an old boss. I basically worked at this company for six months and it was my last job in PR. And I kind of knew that it wasn't for me. I basically knew that I wanted to explore a different industry, but I thought maybe it's just the job. Maybe I'm done with it working in beauty. And if I go and work on like corporate brands, it would be, you know, a bit more interesting. And I did six months. And then the day after my six month probation meeting, I handed in my notice and <laughs> had to do another three months. Um, but he bought me this book and it was, it's called The Shaman's Last Apprentice. And it's really interesting sort of sat here now, almost 10 years later. So it was nine years ago, nine and a half years ago. Um, and I'm, you know, a, a student of the shamanic medicine will and, you know, shamanism has played a big part in my world. So I think that in itself was a pivotal moment, but almost I only realized that, you know, this week where I was sort of really remembering like, when, where did this sort of all start? I think definitely prior to that, you know, we teach, we often teach what we know and what we've experienced, but I had an eating disorder when I was young and that really was the catalyst for me to learn more about nutrition and actually through that three-year training it really healed my relationship with food which is how I got into intuitive eating um as a as a kind of niche as it were um so that you know that was a big pivotal moment for me I think obviously the healing of myself but also using my own journey to to help support other women who had you know dysfunctional relationship with food and their body um, and then I know that another kind of pivotal moment for me um, was when my sister passed away and that was May 2019 and that was a big shift actually for me personally but also in my business um, because you know when someone close to you you know dies quite young she was what like 43 44 you sort of think wow okay um, and I, from that moment, I, you know, left the relationship that I was in, which is a really big deal. Um, and I, you know, I pursued lots of lots of different things. And I think I just really got that, like, I really want to do this and I want to do it for me. It was a sort of a real, I've got to put me first. I was quite a people pleaser, you know, for a long time. And that was huge. And, and actually, so that was the October of that year the birthing of the magnetic woman came through me because I'd had such a rough ride, you know, like I was fine and my business was, you know, was moving. I was, you know, I was, I was, you know, as you do, you just get up and you, and you, you know, you move through the day, but the magnetic woman really was birthed at that time. And it became this sort of four week course that I launched around activating our magnetism like dealing with our our struggles and dealing with our shadow and really like becoming a sovereign being and I remember I think I did it as like a 111 price point and I had about 65 75 people join and I knew in that moment it was like ah yeah when you really trust what's being what's being birthed through you you know it's it's what will ultimately be you know the thing that people want from you because it's so alive in you and you know you teach what you know and certainly you, you know you often you often teach what you need to teach I believe but that was a big pivotal moment because I fully stepped into a different way of coaching um the business side of what I was doing was really booming at that 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 particular year people kept coming to me being like my god like your business is doing really well do you do business coaching you know, and it all, it was all like following of the breadcrumbs and then, yeah, the magnetic woman was birthed. And then since then, you know, I haven't stepped away from magnetism at all. It's always been about how do we activate the magnetic woman within us? 
you know, in life, business, relationships, in, in all the ways. So, yeah, I would say they're the three kind of big pivotal moments. Oh, amazing. That's so, yeah, it's incredible, really, to, to hear all of that um, and how it's weaved into where you are now. Um, and so um, will you talk to us a little bit about your big vision? Like we kind of looked at the past and I'd love to hear a little bit about like, yeah, where you see yourself Um What's your vision for the brand and um, how do you remain connected to it? Um, maybe where you see yourself in a few years time. Yeah, absolutely. So we've just actually mapped out 2023. Um, I've created a lot of space for these <laughs> things to be birthed through me because I know it's going to come. Um, so the plan for us, uh, for the business, is that we have that, the kind of consistent sort of three masterminds that we're nurturing people into and and ultimately the view is that people will come in at the method um which is a sort of initial stage of the business they go into t to meet their six figures and then expand to seven is the space for them once they get to six if they desire to go into kind of the multi-six seven figure stage and that feels really complete um and then there's a lot of space for me to be creating other courses and things in and around that that support you know support that journey um, I know for me, you know, intimacy is a big thing. So I love working very intimately with my clients. I only have about three, three, four, one-to-one clients at any one time. And then those groups. Um, and I like, you know, kind of working in that way. So I definitely feel like, you know, there is that desire for me to step into more impact, um, bigger revenue, um, you know, deeper, kind of deeper intimate containers with my clients um, supporting more people you know so we've got a whole plan of kind of from the moment that you touch the brand you know to the point that you leave like there's we've kind of mapped everything out so we're giving so much value along the way and really supporting people you know like generosity and intimacy are kind of kind of key values of mine um, and I really like to kind of hold people for long periods and really support them in that process um, I have a feeling that, you know, I will teach more about, you know, shamanism and the kind of medicine woman side of me as well. And I think that's going to start to weave into my work a bit more. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's it. That's it for me. That's certainly it for next year. And then I think kind of long term. Um, I just see it growing. I, I just keep feeling like it's funny every year. I think this is just the beginning. <laughs> Like, this is just the beginning you know it's just the beginning of three masterminds and you know we had like near on what 20 18 20 people in and it's like wow okay so that's just the beginning like imagine what's next and imagine what's next and imagine what's next and I like playing with potentiality obviously as a quantum transformation coach but um yeah I see big things I see big things um it, and it really comes down to to impact and you know for me it's really supporting women to see themselves like really see themselves and really allow that you know truth and expression to come through because that impacts you know who we are in our business mm. um so for me it means I have to take radical responsibility for continuing to see myself you know and part of that journey is you know my own self-development which you know I'm, I'm absolutely devoted to mm. And what does yeah development in yourself look like in terms of personal and uh, business? Like, do you have specific mentors? What's your journey been like with the people that you've been mentored by? Um, and do you think that everyone needs a mentor? Like, what's your take on that? Yeah, I think I know for me. So the, the years that I've typically when I work with someone, I work with them for a year. You know, like good things take time. Um, and I know for me, you know, where I have had maybe six months or a few months where I haven't had a coach, um, there's definitely, there's definitely been a shift in me in, I wouldn't say I went backwards, but just a, a sort of almost like a standstill. And so, you know, I, I love investing in a coach and I think a big part of that is that, you know, I, I, I desire people to invest in me. And if like is attracting like, then, you know, I'm investing in others. And I just always just feel so supportive, um, supported, you know, and for me, like a big thing, you know, I'm a single parent, 
um, we co-parent, I run a house on my own, I run a business on my own. So for me, just having that support around me is priceless, you know, like having someone to lean on. So I always, I always typically have a coach. I had a couple of sort of six month spells where I haven't. Um, but yeah, I'll always have a coach. I have monthly energy healing. Um, I kind of tend to have like quarterly sort of astrology readings. I'll always dip in to human design readings on specific things when um, I feel like I'm called to. Um, I have monthly embodiment sessions. I meditate a lot. I do a lot of breath work. Like I'm very committed to owning my own stuff and kind of, you know, exploring that. So this year was very much year of the body. So I've really kind of deepened my practice in embodiment. But last year um, was the year of, of mindset. So I had like weekly therapy and, you know, different years need different things, don't they? Depending on what else is going on in your world. Um, so, yeah, I sort of, for me, it's, you know, how, I always ask that how hell do I feel in my, my personal world right now and in myself and how hell do I feel, feel in my business? You know, and I really like to be held in both of those and also the practice of holding myself, you know. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel really strongly about that. Um, I feel really strongly about that, especially as a coach, you know, like I'm holding, I, I, I could hold a lot of people's stuff. Um, and so it's really important for me that I keep everything clean so that I'm not taking on stuff that's not mine to hold you know so yeah supervision is really important to me as well and just you know making sure that I'm being my best version for my clients and for myself and for my daughter and for my partner and for everyone else yeah such a great reminder um kind of almost you can only give and support to the extent that you are full yeah yeah and it's a really kind of you know we can come from quite a wounded space as women you know just because we've you know we've the patriarchy has, has meant that you know we can often feel like everything is outside of ourselves and you know we don't have the power but you know the more and more and more that I give to myself and anchor into my own power the more kind of magic that unfolds in my world um you know it's that real permission slip that actually I do come first you know because I will be my strongest and my best version for everyone when I'm really topped up and fulfilled and it's not I think fulfilled is the most important word there for me like it's about being in my human design is a bit satisfaction. Mm. If I'm not satisfied, I'm just, you know, I can get frustrated, which is <laughs> the other side of that. But it's about satisfaction when I'm really fulfilled when I'm really in my joy when I'm really satisfied. I'm just, I'm just the best version of me, you know, even when I'm going through challenges, which of course I do because I'm human, you know, but I'm so better equipped to be able to move through that with a, easeful perspective and so thinking about like the industry and the fact that you are like a 5-1 profile human design I'd love to hear some of um like some of your unpopular beliefs or what you perhaps think about the coaching industry that people aren't talking about or that needs to be spoken about um given that it's you know not regulated um will you bring us some of that fire I think that like I'm definitely definitely and I speak to this a lot like away from the kind of quick fix and the funnels and the all of these things are super helpful like they're so it's so helpful to learn from people who know marketing from no visibility who know branding like it's really important but it's always about us integrating that into our own wisdom you know like I love having a coach but very often she'll be like, what about this? And I'm like, no, so no, so no. You know, it's not like, oh, you said I'll do the thing, so I'll do the thing. You know, and this whole, like, it's a quick fix. You know, it's, again, it comes back to that. Everyone's on a different timeline. And there's no one thing that's going to propel you in your business. You know, even, you know, just focusing purely on self-belief. If there's no strategy, again, that's, you know, so it's really being able to look at the full spectrum of you the full spectrum of a business you know it's it's you're a multi-dimensional being with multi-dimensional talents and multi-dimensional needs and you know I really like like that multi-dimensionalness um and don't get me wrong I've definitely used you know sort of probably bro marketing-esque things in the past but it's what I knew at the time I think you know something we could all do with is like am I you know, am I working in integrity? 
am I who I say I am? Am I doing the best I can do for the industry? Um, you know, there's always more to learn. Um, something that I don't speak about, but I really want to find a way of speaking about it. And this is like coming from um, someone who was definitely like hyper independent um, and not so anymore. I'm sort of, you know, very kind of divine with my independence. But I definitely feel like there's something that I want to say about, you know, like mothers and working mothers and that there is, I think, sometimes a different level of, um, there's a real permission slip, I think, for a lot of women, you know, female entrepreneurs in really, I think a lot of us, and I can, because I'm including myself in this because I've been there and it's a journey that I've been on, but sort of saying I'm like yeah I'm all in and then it's almost like well am I actually as all in as I you know as, as I desire to be and there's definitely something I want to speak to around kind of you know the people that we have around us that ultimately support us to be who we desire to be and that it's really safe for us to have have it all but only when we're fully supported by those around us mm. so one of the, the biggest things another pivotal moment was you know, leaving my kind of my my daughter's dad, not because I didn't love him, but because he just wasn't the partner I knew was going to support me and where I did, desired to go in my business. And it because my business is my purpose. It's not who I am, but it feeds me in such a big way. And I wish that there was sort of more conversation around, you know, how much I think a lot of us do feel quite torn between being there for children and being there for partners and and also having this sort of deep desire this like you know burning desire within us to really go forth and you know build the business and build the the thing that drives you know drives a lot of our our purpose and our fulfillment um and I'm probably not making myself super clear there but there's an essence that you know could definitely be spoken about more of like how much how conflicted I think we we probably all feel in you know, wanting to have it all, but is society and, and are the, the relationships that we that we have actually really going to be able to support us to, to get there, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of as well, that piece of you are the sum of the people you surround yourself with. And so, yeah, what does that look like for you? Who's in your circles? Who's um, there for you when things are going well, but also not going well? Like, who's yeah. there? feel like we're at an interesting time in society now where perhaps our parents generation you know it was likely that it was our uh the father or the male that was the breadwinner whereas I know um in in nearly all of my in my friendship group nearly all of the of of my friends earn more than their partners Mm -hmm. and have done for you know pretty much mostly since we you know graduated or um and that's just a change in dynamic because a lot of our parents or a lot of our mums were sort of stay-at-home mums and it was just the dad that went out to go to work and so there's just been a collective shift in the way in yeah in I guess in the earning power of women and perhaps sometimes it takes a little bit of time for I don't know or to catch up and I don't know totally and actually you know us being in that in our sovereignty certainly shines a light for those around us to be in their sovereignty too but you know I do feel like men get quite a bad rep you know obviously I'm a feminist but I'm also like who's the role model for the guys Mm. like who are the men that are leading the men like do you know what I mean there's a lot of very conscious female leaders leading other women the coaching industry is like (laughs) full (laughs) (laughs) of these women who are like I'm taking a stand I believe in this you know I'm a conscious leader I'm heart-led you know and really kind of sharing this sort of this really expansive way of thinking and feeling and being in the world but I'm often asked like who's like the male equivalent and it's hard for me to I don't know Mm. you know all I know is sort of the conversations I have with my male friends and my partner and you know but if women are continuing to rise where are the you know it's almost like where's the education for men to to be able to hold that because when roles change and humans don't like change a lot of the time Mm. that can cause the imbalance and it's almost like well hold on a minute we how we need to learn collectively to stand beside each other 
you know it's not now women are rising and men are being left behind it's like no 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 we're all walking together you know and that's for me that's how I like to see it you know but that's a whole education piece you know so that actually you know there is that that balance you know and we know our roles and I know for me and this is something you know big realization I've had because I can be more in my masculine in business I'm making decisions I'm taking action and I work very much from the feminine but you know I do lean on that masculine a lot of the time to get stuff done and get stuff moving but it means by 4 35 when I'm done for the day I do not want to be in my masculine and what I found in a lot of my relationships is that I would get home and then I'd be in my masculine. Mm. And I wonder why I was in resentment of like, oh, I'm doing everything, making all the decisions. It's like, yeah, but that's because that's what I'm, I've created. Yeah. You know, so it's now I'm kind of really, almost joke with my partner, but I'm like, yeah, I'm in my feminine now. <laughs> I'm in my feminine now, babe. So you just, you just come to me. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> ready to receive. Totally yeah. ready to receive. But that's, you know, learning in me. It's been a huge journey. But I know that it's helping me create a more divine partnership, even though it feels, it can often feel quite, or oh, moving parts. Mm-hmm. I know that I will create and, you know, moving it in and growing into a really divine partnership when I'm really clear on, here's what I need you to bring. And here's what I desire to bring. And sometimes that has to show, you know, shift and grow and evolve. But ultimately, I don't want to be in my masculine, in my relationship. I want to be in my feminine. I want to be sexy. I want to be adored. Mm. You know, it's, 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 I bring that energy to it and it feels so much better. You know, I feel like that in itself brings more balance to my world. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of making me think around like, you know, somebody who is working as a mom working in their business um, and then I guess you know, when the child comes home from wherever they've been, um, still having to be in that sort of like provider support based energy. And it's not until, you know, even perhaps like later in, later on um, in the evening that like I can start to relax and wind down. But even then I find myself not knowing when enough is enough of just like, oh, I'll just, you know, maybe I'll just do a little bit more content. Or, you know, I, I've been with, you know my son during the day and so I haven't really worked on anything during the day and I don't want things to like fall behind and so I'll be then like set up on my laptop and it's just um yeah I can like just bringing awareness to that and actually often what that results in is just not really moving very quickly because I can't concentrate by that time of the evening (laughs) and the feeling of like yeah because I know you've got lots of clients who are mums and um yeah there's there's a there's I feel like it's difficult to find that balance you know I find that um something that's worked really well for me so so what we co-parent so I have weeks where I don't have my daughter and I mean those weeks are so spacious they're my non-client weeks very very strategically created you know like client week I also have my daughter they're busier weeks but then I have space the next week where it's really spacious and I can kind of relax a bit more so but when I do have her, so I'll drop her off at quarter past eight, I'll probably get home at about half past eight. I don't work till 10. And so that gives me time. Like this morning, it was like, okay, put my makeup on, right. And we had a cup of tea, did some journaling, meditated. And then I had sort of 15 minutes before I then had to start work. And the same will apply. I pick her up at 4.30. I finish my day around quarter to four, four o'clock. Because I need that half an hour to just move my body, shift out of being in, Pandora work mode so that I'm then ready to be in mummy mode Mm. you know because mummy mode is like a bit silly you know playful that's hard to achieve when you're thinking about oh the newsletter and oh did I get back to that client and so it's I've created like a lot of space in my diary to it's almost like that in um transition it's like trans- transition, at, you know, hour or transition half an hour. The same applies. Like we all know it when we come out of like work mode and we've, you know, if we have a partner and then it's like, duh, 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 and we're, we've brought like the stresses of work to, you know, the pleasure um, part of our world and, or they have, you know, and it's like, oh, why are you so moody? And suddenly it's like, cause we haven't had that time to decompress. Yeah. 
you know and I think as humans we wear so many hats mm. or little, sort of even if it's just five minutes that we can kind of oh okay dissolve that part of me and then move into the other part of me put the other hat on you know that's that's how I do it in my world and then I say I put her to bed I'll typically have like five or ten minutes where it's like and then I'm able to put properly relax otherwise I'm not going to relax I won't be able to read I won't be able to do anything because I'm still kind of in all of the other versions of myself in the day and was there a time that you like before you integrated that spaciousness and the time to transition like was there a time where you remember where you were kind of like going from one thing to the next oh yeah oh yeah I was rushing everywhere yeah. rushing here rushing there rush home quickly meditate rush here get ready and it was it was really when I started feeling into you know that question that so many coaches use but you know who do you get to be like, who do you get to be man like who do you get to be and I'm like the version of me who is like there is not freaking rushing like she is spacious and slow and considered mm. and I really tuned into that I was like that is that version it's who I am now you know and there's even more of that to unravel I'm, I know I know but everything in my world feels so much more spacious but it didn't it was every, everything felt like a rush and I really had to ask myself where am I rushing to and who am I rushing for you know, I validate myself. No one is going to tell me whether I'm good or bad. I, that, I do that from within. So who am I doing all this rushing for, trying to achieve for? And I get just as much done, just as much, you know? I love that. It's really speaking to like how much you've obviously deconditioned your root center in human design, which in the not self, we see people rushing about one thing to the next, you know, I've spoken to this to you, you know, before on this of just like speeding on the motorway or just like rushing their shower, or rushing like everything's a rush, like rushing through the book, you know, like gotta to get to the next chapter, that sort of thing. I think that is the shadow side of having an open root center. Whereas when you go through the deconditioning process of it, you really get to see the wisdom of just like when okay, when is it actually important to not rush, but to like build up the momentum, the energy, like use that fuel um for when it's useful and then just to kind of you know surrender when it's not and not feel as though we're constantly like trying to tick everything off and just get getting through the day but just like rushing yeah there's a big difference and actually you know that kind of open route which can be quite like let's get stuff done is great for me in my business it's great for me as a coach because I will work with people who are like oh I've had this thought and I've got this thing and they're not taking the action and, not, and a lot of the time my the energy I bring is like babe you can do this what's the action you're going to take today what can I keep you accountable for so they start to see that it's safe for them to be taking this action because of that energy but I'm also imagine if I were like you haven't done the thing you haven't done the thing you haven't done, but that's where it goes into that really wounded space of like okay hold on a minute you know and I, I did really notice that witness that in myself and yeah, like I say, it's been a journey. Um, but also, you know, I think a lot of that came from dysregulation. I worked in a corporate environment where you're just constantly pushed to override your body's capacity, natural capacity. Yeah. And I was just, you know, again, it's taken years and years and years to understand what it really feels like to be regulated, you know. Um, and, and you have greater capacity for you know, your business, for your children, for your partners, relationships, you have greater capacity to receive when you are regulated, you know, so. Yeah, so true, so true. Um, and just to finish off, what do you, I, I've asked all my guests, like, what's one or maybe two of the key ingredients do you think of creating a standout brand? Oh, that's a great question. I think... The key thing I know for me was going from hobby to business to brand. There's a big mindset piece there. You know, at first it's like, oh, it's, I've got this little project. Oh, I'm working on this little thing. And then it became a business. And then the moment I was like, now I'm a brand. I'm a brand. Me, I am the brand. It shifted something in me. And so, you know, I was really able to kind of, it's a different energetic, isn't it? Of like, this is it. You know, um, it's where that like this is just the beginning comes from. Um, and 
allowing the truth, allowing your truth, celebrating your uniqueness, you know, um, being super playful with the elements of your brands, like whether that's your photography or, you know, your design or, you know, bringing something, birthing something new to the world and doing it because it feels really alive. It's like, there's a real playfulness I think we get to, to bring to building a brand. Like it's got to feel alive. It's got to be fun and playful. Otherwise, what's the point? You know, you've really got to enjoy the journey. Um, enjoy the journey in line with that that vision because there are tough days, you know. Um, but, you know, I think allowing that to evolve and grow as well. You know, I think a lot of people are, but this is, you know, they almost create sort of a tight barrier. And I'm like, whoa, why don't we explore this thing? You know, that's the manifest and gentleman to me. <laughs> yeah. What thing over here? But yeah, be really playful. Like I started to having kind of monthly photo shoots with um, my photographer this year. And it's just been amazing. Like every time we're like, what do we want to, you know? And a lot of people, a lot of people might be like, oh, who does she think she is? And I'm like, I am just exploring my expression. And that is simply all I'm doing. And I love it. Yeah. You know, I love it. Like, I don't wear those clothes every day. Like, that's not who I am every day, but it's it's how I want you to feel in my space. Mm-hmm. I want you to feel freedom. I want you to feel choice. I want you to feel empowered. Yeah. And I love allowing that to come through in my own brand, you know? Yeah, I really feel that in your, yeah, in your brand, in your photos. And yeah, just the, um, yeah, that, that I feel like that is definitely the emotions and themes that are evoked when yeah we fall into your brand got to be magnetic otherwise I'm not doing my job (laughs) (laughs) yes yes oh I love it thank you so so much for being here with me and sharing all of your wisdom and I really love this conversation I think the listeners will take so much from it as well um because you've been very generous with um yeah your sharing and um yeah it's been an absolute pleasure Thank you for having me.